This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Robert Feckus at Nurture330 on Instagram. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. And welcome to The Obsessive Viewer, where a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show, each episode. You can find more of our work at ObsessiveViewer.com. You can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at Facebook.com slash TheObsessiveViewer. And finally, uh, support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash ObsessiveViewer, where you can get access to a special RSS feed with special content recorded specifically for Patreon uh, supporters. We just talked about dinosaurs in the mcu i think yeah that's correct there <laughs> yeah. is actually precedent that dinosaurs exist in the marvel universe really yeah <laughs> are you saying that dinosaurs don't don't exist in our universe well they don't exist anymore right those are just bones put here by the devil to fool everybody sure. from away away from jesus christ well this is common knowledge that's Matt. that's fair then again also t- to be fair, if you were to dig as far as they've supposedly dug for bones, you would just get to the other side. That's true, because Earth is flat. Yeah. Well, all facts. Hashtag facts. Jesus. No, but there is, in the Marvel Universe, not cinematic yet, but mm-hmm. there's a place called the Savage Land. Okay. And in this land, it's a world separated by uh, oceans uh, on Earth where exists uh, dinosaurs still. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Wow, I, I'm I'm kind of imagining like a King Kong kind of scenario. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Okay, well that is interesting. Um, so uh, by the way, I'm your host, the aforementioned Matt Hurt. With me today is recurring co-host Robert Feckus. Hello, hello, and uh, yeah, so we're going to be talking about Captain Marvel and some other stuff today. I don't really have any housekeeping or feedback. I do want to mention that we are still going strong with our relaunched uh other podcasts um although anthology is running a little bit behind but that's fine it's fine it's fine going strong yes um so we've got anthology which is my solo podcast where i talk about the twilight zone as a first time viewer and uh i'm going to be talking about the invaders coming up soon that's a really good episode and uh then we also have tower junkies which is me and tiny talking about stephen king and the dark tower um, which is super, uh, fun to do, even though we haven't really been talking about the Dark Tower that much on it. Um, but yeah, yeah. And Fekus, I think we're going to have you on to talk about the Dark Tower books. Eventually, yes. Eventually, yes. Um, yeah, so, oh, <laughs> yeah, check out Tower Junkies because I did something stupid, um, in it's the most great. recent episode. I it's so it. dumb. Yeah, but that it's, doesn't mean it's not great. Oh, no, no, no. I, it is, it's the dumbest and best thing I've ever done. Um, that could be accurate. Let's, let's be fair, but <laughs> I, so stupid. Anyway, we just finished reviewing season one of Castle Rock, which is, uh, a show that ended. Castle Rock! <laughs> I made an alternate version of that with Tiny saying, <laughs> oh, and man. I tacked it on the end of the episode. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that episode's gonna get pulled for copyright infringement. Ah. Yeah. 
so yeah, so before we get into Captain Marvel and everything, Fekus, um, I wanted to bring up a piece of news. Well, this one piece of news broke today. Um, we don't need to talk about it that much, but, uh, the whole Lori Laughlin and... Oh my god, um, <laughs> yeah, that... <laughs> Yeah. Hilarious is what it is. That, I haven't read up on it exactly, but, like, more and more every day, it feels like we are in a world where someone, uh, we're in, like, a timeline where someone in the world has gone back in time and done something that fucked everything up for the, for us <laughs> in this timeline. Goddamn Aunt Becky. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, just imagine, like, a time traveler goes back in time and then comes back and then sees the headline, Lori Laughlin and uh, Felicity Huffman. It, like, the time traveler would have to yeah. go to Lori Laughlin and, like, the day she's giving birth, like, hey, if your daughter doesn't get into this country, yeah. the world literally ends. Exactly. Or if your daughter doesn't get into this college, right. the world literally ends. And she's like, <laughs> fair enough. God. I must use my riches to make sure that this happens. Yeah. So weird. So for context, uh, Lori Laughlin and Felicity Huffman were... And 48 other people. And 48 other people, including NCAA coaches. Yeah, there's a coach. Uh, there's, a, I think there's some eg- exec for a production company, too, I think. Okay. And were they officially charged, or were they just... Uh, they're just... They're listed in the indictment right now, okay. so it's going to... Most likely with a high profile case like this, it goes to a grand jury mm-hmm. and the grand jury decides whether or not to file the, the official charges, but they've all been indicted and therefore at this point can be subpoenaed. But, uh, it'll, there's still a couple steps away from officially being charged. They'll get charged. Yes. I've seen the wire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So they've been indicted on in a <laughs> basically bribery. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> In a what seems to be a widespread, I guess, or or I would say fairly widespread, widespread uh, college admission bribery scheme. Yeah, <laughs> which okay, cool. It's um, it, I I just can't. This is gonna be another thing that I I will be watching uh, mm-hmm. every single day because this is yeah. it's amazing. Like so, like reading some of the uh, articles in this, people have been donating millions of dollars to get their kids into a college. I'm like, you know, there is nothing wrong with the state school people. Right. Right. God. Like, no, I'm, I'm rich. My kid deserves (laughs) better. Oh God. Well, you know, it, it sure beats getting into the schools on merit. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Who wants that? Yeah. God. My kid deserves better than that. Even though they didn't prove it. Yeah. In the other way. Oh, jeez. Uh, only thing worse would be if they were unvaccinated. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that happened today. I I can't wrap my head around it. I can't. I don't. Well, there's still yeah. a lot of information that's going to be coming out on this. Yes. I'm sure. And we will be covering this like 24 hour news cycle. Exactly. <laughs> like I'm I'm going to call you as soon as like news drops. I'm going to leave work. You're going to leave. You're going to leave work. We're going to meet up. We're going to record like the most absolutely everything. And then release it. Uh, yeah. We're going to get a whole Sam Nelson to get his opinion since he's a big Full House fan. Yes, that's right. Yeah, he's going to be our, like, uh, like our expert analysis. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he can also work in, like, the uh, HR side of it and everything. They're, they're very good. Yeah, yeah. 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 Perfect. 
Jesus. We'll have to let him know that he is officially hired. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, so that happened. But the, the other piece of news that I wanted to bring up, um, the more, the more serious or relevant, not serious, but the more excited, exciting thing that I wanted to bring up was that, um, the Lord of the Rings on Prime, uh, series that's going to be coming out. They're currently working on it. We, like, you had posted something on Facebook about Lord of the Rings, how you re- had rewatched the trilogy and um, yeah. how it held up and everything. And well, it, and how The Hobbit had soured my taste for the, yeah. for the, uh, universe. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you rewatched the Lord of the Rings trilogy and I'd ask you on Facebook, like, what do you think of the Prime one? So, do you want to have that conversation again? <laughs> sure, because I can't yeah. even remember what I wrote down on Facebook. Yeah. But, um, um, I'll watch it, and I'm kind of tentatively excited, I guess, just because the Hobbit's gotten away. Like I'm away from the Hobbit now. Sure. And like I, it's a great world mm-hmm. to to have stories in, and there's endless stories in the the Tolkien. Was it the Compendium or something like that? It's, uh, I don't, that doesn't sound right. Uh, Silmarian? Yeah, that, that, that's what Sil- it is. Silmarian Sil- or something. Yeah, some weird Tolkien word. The Super Mario? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, there's, there's plenty of history for them to, mm-hmm. to base the show on and, sorry about that. Um, and it, the little information we have right now is it's going to be taking place like a couple thousand years before the events of the yeah. Lord of the Rings and the main be- villain's going to be the Witch King. Uh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, so I, I, I'm kind of excited for. It. I, I think there's a lot of potential there for some good story and uh, some good TV. So nice. I agree. I this like I, I haven't read the books. I did actually just start The Hobbit today, so I'm gonna hopefully go through the go through. It'll Hobbit take you movies. longer to watch those three movies than it would for you to read that book. Uh, yep, I I believe it. Um, as long as I get my Legolas and, and yeah. the Hobbit, yeah. <laughs> He's all over that book. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I, I did just start that. Like, I'm really enjoying it. I only got like half an hour into the audiobook, but I'm really excited. It's a good it. book. I like The Hobbit. Nice. I kind of um, was wanting to go back and reread Lord of the Rings, but I, I've only done that once, and it's... Whew, it is long-winded. Yeah, it seemed that I think that's one of the things that I've kind of one of the reasons I've kind of held off on it because it seems like like really really dense with like just characters and details. And it stuff. really is. So, he is descriptive to a yeah. fault. How does it compare? To, like one thing that I've noticed when listening to the Harry Potter audiobooks, and I've noticed this before, is that J.K. Rowling, like she's she's great, but it seems like she has this penchant for over describing like food um and it's fun <sighs> and whimsical and stuff but it's like okay all right just uh, okay i don't i don't care if they're on the third helping of treacle tarts or anything like just get to the they do eat a lot of treacle tarts yeah <laughs> but yeah so i don't know and then it makes me think that the wizarding world is just a, a dickhead but- world that's just all about decadence and uh, well, actually, it just seems like the uh, the Wizarding World in England is that way because when the French uh, Bow Botten uh, Academy comes, they all talk about how heavy and uh, ah. yeah. So there's it's not it's not the entire Wizarding World. That's that's fair. That's fair. I guess I should have 
Guess I should have held my parcel tongue. Ha! <laughs> yeah. Ha! Yeah. 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 Good one. Okay. So anyway, um, so the Lord of the Rings show is going to be, uh, taking place, like you said, in the second age of Middle Earth. And that's, that span, like the second age itself spans like 3,000 years. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And that age ends with the wars that were depicted in the prologue of the Fellowship of the Ring. No, it begins after Isildur uh, dies and loses the ring. I th- I want to say that this all takes place after Isildur's bane. No, I think it all leads up to it. I think it takes place between Isildur's bane and The Hobbit. Uh, Second Age was the time period of Arda that began after the climactic banishment of Morgoth into the void by the Lords of the West. Led by Ian Ray, uh, <laughs> the Herald of Men Ray. Uh, Second Age lasted for 3,441 years and ended with the downfall of Sauron's army when he was defeated by the last alliance of elves and men following the downfall of Numenor. Okay. So, yeah. And that's when it's like this, that era, the Second Age that ends with that is what's, is the time frame that the series is going to okay. take place in. Um, not that they're going to span the full 3,000 years. It's going to be a long-ass series. Yeah. Well, when they bought the rights, they bought it for like a five-season series or five season series. Well, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, there's a lot of story there to go through. Yeah. Um, I just think it would be kind of cool if it all kind of leads up to that, like the fall of Sauron, and that that's the end of the series. We'll see. Kind of just leads, it can kind of lead into the Fellowship of the Ring, and then you can just kind of forget the Hobbit movies. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Boy, I do try. Yeah. Uh, final, final piece of news, though. Um, by the way, I'm excited for the Lord of the Rings show. I just, I think it could be fun and could be really cool. Um, and on a semi-related note, um, uh, last, when was it? Last week, last Saturday, uh, Saturday Night Live, uh, Idris Elba hosted. Um, do you watch SNL at all? No. Okay. Um, we get it. You're liberal. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Did you see? Did you see that uh, the Catholic Church got all pissy over um, uh, a sketch on or uh, a bit on Weekend Update? I think where Pete Pete Davidson was talking about how um, he was comparing people uh, who still like R. Kelly's music with Catholics who still go to church. <laughs> well, Catholic first of all, the people. Catholic Church shouldn't be angry at anybody for any making any type of uh jokes upon them yeah. because that talk about a horrible institution in my opinion right. but oh yeah and they 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 did get pissed at it and like they demanded like a, an apology or something like okay <laughs> no right. uh let just you know stop fucking the kids and yeah we'll talk right um, like literally the uh, second highest person in the catholic church is has just been found guilty of child molestation so how about you just sit this one out catholic church um yeah so i don't know if this is the catholic church endorsing r kelly's behavior or not (laughs) um, that's my take on it. i don't hear them condemning it no (laughs) jesus but uh anyway so idris elba had hosted and this is just for no one except for 
this is really for no one because I hated the movie, but um, they had like a nice little uh, Dark Tower reference. Oh, yeah, it was really cool. Um, Nobody got it. There was no. <laughs> there was a sketch where uh, Idris Elba and someone else were uh, doing like like it was a corporate like office thing where they were doing like a seminar on how to do PowerPoint or how to use PowerPoint, and so they had like groups of people that uh each had like their own like PowerPoint that they wanted to demonstrate. And so the first one was these two people that they showed their PowerPoint and like the the bullets um on the PowerPoint were were uh instead of just regular like circles and, and bullets and stuff, they were they were actually like the uh the sigil of Arthur Eld from the Dark Tower series. Um uh and yeah it was i was just like that's that's pretty fucking cool and you were the only one that got it yeah and then it was really cool because idris elba was like really good really good with the bullet points <laughs> and i was like oh my god he's 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 sort of acknowledging right that this, this movie. movie exists yeah um yeah and so <laughs> i'm gonna talk about it more on tower junkies but i did just throw on the dark tower like god two why days ago. Just out of curiosity, because I just finished re-listening to The Wastelands, which is book three, and uh, <laughs> I will say, watching it, I didn't, like, I, like, I think I'm just past, like, like just vehemently hating it, and so, like, I was just like, okay, I, like, it's, it's not affecting me at all, because it's, like, it, it's more not, it's more like, it's more unaffected than anything, uh, in terms of me reacting to it, but, um... I will say that I got about 37 minutes into it before I just turned it off and took a nap. So fair enough. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it was. Eh, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So that's all we got for news and everything. Let's talk about Captain Marvel. Let's though. do it. Yeah. So Captain Marvel is the 20-something. Twice third, maybe. Third, I think. I can't. It, sure. Something like it's around there. Uh, yeah. Um, it's the uh latest. Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, and it is, I do have, um, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm sorry, um, I have a uh, plot description that, courtesy of me being bored at work, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so to bring us into this review, I have this short uh, plot description, we're going to do a non-spoiler review and then spoiler review, um, we will warn you when we go into spoilers, and we'll play a bit from the trailer before we go into spoilers. So, uh, plot description, courtesy of my dumbass, <laughs> is, in 1990s LA, while Carol Danvers becomes one of the universe's most powerful heroes, Nick Fury becomes best friends with Goose, an, ad- <laughs> <laughs> an adorable little kitty that's just the cutest little thing in the whole MCU. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Such a cute little good kitty. Such oh, a good kitty. God. That's enough. <laughs> and it's it's all right there. <laughs> yep, he wrote it out. I people. wrote it all he out. He wrote it all out. <laughs> Please still listen to this podcast. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. Yeah. So this is Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, uh, Brie Larson. Um. The internet sucks. Um. As it should we talk about that bullshit why you know what we we all know what the internet does everyone knows what the internet's gonna say Mm -hmm. and just don't give them the time of day yeah that's fair i do love this one tweet that i saw that was uh someone said something like god i um 
uh, Stanley would be would hate would hate what they did to the MCU. And then someone replied with, "He was in the fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you that fucking stupid?" Um, so yeah, so non spoiler review of Captain Marvel. And what were your expectations going into it? Like, where like. In terms of your excitement and your history with Captain Marvel, like well, my history with Captain Marvel is only recent, really. Uh, she's one of the members of the uh, current Avengers book, so I, you know, I had uh, I read her there. She was a big part of uh, Marvel Civil War Two, um, where she was a less likable character for me. Like she she works perfect for her character in that storyline. I mm-hmm. but you know, to me, I I did not. Uh, she was almost the enemy to me in that uh, scenario. I was Team Stark on that uh, that uh, particular storyline, but I'm not I'm not all that well versed in the character of Captain Marvel. Just when she's kind of an ancillary ancillary character in some of the books I read now, but I was excited for the movie because the trailers uh, made it look fantastic. I really enjoy Brie Larson. Mm-hmm. Anytime I get to see Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury, I'm I'm pumped, mm-hmm. and I liked. Uh, them going back into the space realm that was kind of built up through the Guardians of the Galaxy series. Yeah. So I, I was super excited for this movie. I had very high expectations going in. Um, same here. I was very excited for it. The trailers were definitely doing it for me. And um, <laughs> I wanted to, I'll mention this in a bit, but um, I, I, was, I was really excited for it just because it's something different. Um, I don't know how different. Well, like, it's hard to say call yeah. any of these movies different that, anymore. That's but. that's totally fair. What I meant was more like it was a woman and not, not <laughs> like men. Um, they've had, I mean, they've had like women in the MCU and everything. Um, Tony Stark fucked one in Iron Man, but um, a couple, a couple, yeah. Um, but no, uh, they they do have like there there's some good like side characters uh, throughout the MCU, but this is the first like female led. Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, and I was excited for it because I Brie Larson, I think, is fantastic, and uh, and I like you said, Sam L. I was really excited for him and the de aging CGI. I was uh, curious about and excited about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so um, <laughs> I do. You were at the screening that me and Kirsten were at, right? Correct. Okay, because because. Because you left afterwards, and like like we were gonna invite you to get food or whatever. Oh fuck! I yeah. didn't want to interrupt the. Oh, you're fine. Uh, no, I feel bad because you know, I, you I should, but no, you're. No, fine. I do because <laughs> I totally would have joined you guys. Yeah, uh, it was good that we went to Chili's. It was fun. Huh. Um, but yeah, it <laughs> it was funny because like like you left and then like like we left and then I went to the bathroom and I think like you were just leaving the bathroom. I think it was you. Uh, like right as I was going in, and so I was like, "Oh, okay, well, anyway, like whatever." Um, and, and then like all through like dinner, uh, with Kirsten, I was sitting there thinking like, "That was Feckus, right?" <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't say hi to some random yeah. guy. That- I didn't just stare down this dude until he <laughs> recognized me or thought that he recognized someone. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, so that was fun, and I I did tell Kirsten that um, it's too bad you didn't have a like a device or something that could have <laughs> like indicated to me since we didn't cross paths after I left the screening that 
you were going someplace. I didn't even really think about that until like just this <laughs> moment because I kept getting it into my head like maybe it wasn't Vegas. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I, I don't know, I'm weird, but um, but yeah, next time. But I did tell I did tell Kirsten that uh, she was like, did he did he stay for the after credit scene? I was like, yeah, he just he just left, and then she was like, oh okay, and then um. And then, uh, and then I, I was like, "Yeah, uh, according to the bylaws, we can't have two recurring co-hosts in the same <laughs> in the same right. realm." With, I almost with left the powers. the screening anyway. Yes, like, oof, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was uh, that was fun. Uh, that was like opening weekend, opening. It Friday was fr- night. Friday night, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the theater was reasonably. I said moderately low. filled. Yeah. Um, not packed per se, but, um, oh, that was another thing I was going to bring up, uh, or I should have brought up real quick. Um, the Dark Knight trilogy is playing at IMAX in 70 millimeter in an eight hour marathon. Uh, and then like in late, late April is when it's going to be in Indy. And I'm like thinking like, that is kind of tempting. It's a Uh, long time. It is. But all those movies. Yeah. They're fantastic. Yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, so fun theater experience. Um, don't have any, I don't have any like terrible stories or anything. I, I, I remember thinking that if something shitty happens in this experience, it's because <laughs> I happen to be at a screen with you. Right. And I was like, he's, he's cursed with screenings and exactly. I'm now in the screen with him. Like something terrible is going to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but fortunately, fortunately, nothing terrible happened. Nope, it was a very pleasant screening. Yes. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so broad thoughts, non-spoiler. What did you think of Captain Marvel? I thought it was rather bland. Why do you hate women? I just Jesus. <laughs> I was like, I didn't see her bake anything or fold a single piece of laundry. It was yeah. great. No, it was it was okay. Mm. And I, I think I, it was built up a lot for me too. It may have been part of the problem, but I thought like the middle portion of the movie in particular was kind of, was just kind of bland to me. And maybe it was appropriately nineties, I guess to me, just kind of like meh. So I like the ending, the last act I thought was really good. And there were some things in the middle that I, that I enjoyed. Like I, I thought that, uh, Carol and her friend had a really good moment talking to each other at the table. Yeah. And I, good. I really enjoyed that. But the, the whole buddy cop with fury portion of the movie, I just, I don't know. I just didn't get behind. Like there were some funny parts to it, but mm. I, I didn't love and. Like like I said, it's not like I hated the movie. It's just I did not think it was great. Uh, I, and to be perfectly honest, I think it's one of the weaker films in the MCU. Interesting. Where would you? Wow, well, we might be getting ahead of ourselves. Where would you rank it? Like, would you say it's like what? What between which MCU movies would you say like? Oh, it's better than this, but not as good as that. Eh, well, it's better than uh, Thor two, which mm-hmm. isn't saying a whole lot. Um, I don't know. Like, there's not a whole lot of the MCU movies that I flat out dislike. Right. So it's hard for me to play that game, and I hate, I hate to put it someplace and yeah, it, especially with all these movies that I've seen dozens of times. Right. So I, I don't know. It's it's better than Thor: Dark World. I'll say that. Do you think? Do you think? Did you so, like it more than the first Thor? Because it shares some slight similarities. Maybe uh, I'd have. 
I had to see it again. Okay. Because I think there's some pretty iconic uh, scenes from the first Thor that I just yeah. really hit home with me. So I don't, I don't know. I've seen it once. Obviously, I'm going to see it multiple times. I'm going to own it because right. it's part of the MCU. Like I said, I, I don't want people to think that I hated the movie. I just didn't think it was great. Sure. And the fight sequences I thought were a bit uninspired. You mentioned, I saw you mention on Facebook that you felt like they just basically just. Uh, Specifically when she get and I, I've, I've, this is a conversation best had at spoilers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll save that for spoilers. Um, I, I liked the movie quite a bit. Actually, um, I thought it was a blast. It was, um, really kind of refreshing to have the Marvel Cinematic Universe, first of all, return to the whole space faring stuff and space galactic crap. Um, uh, but also to have it in, set in the nineties. I, that was just, that was just all, I was all about that. They, in my opinion, they almost just took it too far, beating me with, hey, it's in the 90s. Like, oh, I get it. I, I get it. We're in the 90s. You See, just shot uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, I, silhouette. Yeah. I get but, it. But she didn't shoot uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is there, so that was a clearly anti-man. A very anti-man. Thing. Jeez, I mean, <laughs> good God. Yeah, do and, I feel attacked as a white male? <laughs> And and I should say that uh like obviously probably it would have been it would have been uh prudent to have Kirsten on for this right. yeah. um, <laughs> well, that's a, that's a backstory for the listeners yeah. when when Matt sent me a text asking me if he if I wanted to review it I was like why well, I figured that you would have Kirsten on to review it and not just because <laughs> Kirsten's a woman and right. but you know she was at the show and I was like well you know that'd be a good dynamic having yeah. this but he was like no no <laughs> I really can't have a woman review this movie and I thought that was weird of Matt that's, it's very misogynistic of not, him no that's not what I, she has theater stuff going on in school and stuff she's busy he says theater but um, he said kitchen stuff yeah, well, I Maybe he meant that that is her theater. I don't know. I mean, and either way, I was surprised with the tone that he took with it. Um, I'm not a misogynist. <laughs> None of that is true. Yeah. None of that is I, true. I love women. I, I love them so much. I completely stay away from them. Yeah. Um, no, but, um, but no, uh, yeah. So she's like been super busy with like theater stuff. She's, she just finished, um, almost main. Which was the the show she was in, and then now she's going right into rehearsals for two shows oh. uh, that are both playing for um, Diva Fest here in Indianapolis. Um, like, I don't understand how people can do. Like, she has two shows that perform over two weekends. Um, at least one of those nights or one of those days. She has like two performances, one performance of each show in. God, that's got to screw with your head. Yeah, I, I don't understand. That's it. impressive. Yeah. Oh yeah. And on top of that, she's going to she's doing school for uh, human resources or something. It's quite a marvel. It is. It's quite a captain. Got quite a captain. Uh, so, but anyway, so that's the reason why we have two two uh, white men here talking about uh, Captain Marvel. And putting her place in the MCU. Exactly. And to hear that, <laughs> listeners, he asked me to to put Captain Marvel, Marvel, Carol Danvers, into her place in the MCU. God, God Matt, it's just... 
I I've never seen the side of you. Uh, I can't. I can't. Um. So, <laughs> on that note, though, um, I do. I do love that this is you know a new. Uh, not new stage, but like it's a new playing field for the MCU. Like it's a, it's the MCU's MCU's first like woman led superhero movie. Which but is great. you know what? To be fair, in my opinion, it shouldn't have been. Um, mm. And I'm not saying I'm not standing up, you know, feminist. Like oh, it should have been a female led one, you know, 20 years ago. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I think that the wrong character got the first woman woman led uh, Marvel think, movie. It should have, in my opinion, it should have been Scarlett Johansson. I think there should have been yeah. Black Widow movie. Not to I'm take anything. It hasn't been. The, it's in the it's in the talks right now. It's in the planning right. process. Not to take any, anything away from this movie because mm-hmm. I, you know, there, it's it's good to have it had happened, right. and I'm glad. Despite my less than enthusiastic opinion of the movie, I am happy to see that it's successful and getting good. I'm glad people are liking it. Yeah. So, you Despite know, with the internet, right, well, internet, you know, it's, <laughs> I, I'm glad it wasn't like Catwoman, just, just, in yeah. a bl- just a total horrible manifestation of aw- awfulness. Right. Um, so I'm glad people are enjoying it. I'm sorry. I'm disappointed that I didn't like it as much. Right. I'm thinking about going to revisit it on my next days off to see if maybe nice. my opinion changes on it. But as it stands right now, it just. It was okay to me. Nice. And that's totally uh totally your misogynistic uh <laughs> prerogative. But um, but no, uh I totally get that. Um and we'll talk about more specifics and spoilers, but I do want to just highlight that this is a big thing for, you know, the comic book movies because I mean we had Wonder Woman, now we have Captain Marvel, like I will stand you know. by I think Wonder Woman's a stronger movie. Oh really? See, I haven't revisited Wonder Woman since the theater, but I I remember really liking it. And um, for no, for nothing else, I think uh, Patty Jenkins really gets how to shoot an action sequence. I'll give you that. And I do not think that these directors mm-hmm. were comfortable shooting an ac- action sequence. I I will agree with you there, and we'll talk about that in spoilers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I can totally like Wonder Woman definitely had had it. Uh, there was just no impact for me right. with these action sequences, yeah. and I just this is a superhero movie, uh, yeah. like it or not, uh, for better or for worse. That's what you need mm-hmm. in a superhero movie, especially yeah. one as super powered as Captain Marvel, because right. Carol Danvers in the MCU and in the comic book universe is arguably one of the most powerful uh, characters in either universe. Right. So. I should really feel the impact of that power. Mm-hmm. And I just yep. don't think I did. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but it, it is great that the, that there is representation that they're like, like, you know, sure. Female representation. Yeah. Um, I will say, <laughs> I, I, I turned to Kirsten after the movie and I said, like, you know, after all these years, like 10, 10 plus years of Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, over 20 movies, it's so great that they finally have a uh, cat lover uh, representation <laughs> in the in the MCU. Funny because it's not a cat. I felt um, right. I felt represented myself. Um, and yeah, and pizza is my little flurkin. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, anything anything we should touch on in non spoilers. What did you think of the de aging makeup? Oh, I thought it was flawless. CGI? 
So did I. I like. I, I thought it was incredible uh, how well they did mm-hmm. with Greg Clark. I I don't think Clark they. Greg. To me, he's Greg Clark. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Clark Greg. <laughs> uh, with him, I don't think they needed all that much touching up because he's he's not an old looking guy to begin he's with. Not. But Samuel Jackson's damn near sixty years old. If yeah. not, no, he might be no, over yeah. sixty. He's, he's over sixty. I think. Yeah. Uh, um, and to be fair. To, to Sam, he doesn't look at all 60 years old. Right. He holds his age amazingly. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, with Nick Fury, there's still a lot of things that typically, you know, he, he's got the eye patch scar. He's mm-hmm. look grizzled, but they did a great job of really making Sam Jackson just look a lot younger. Absolutely. And he has so much screen time that I'm surprised that they were able to sustain that. Like <laughs> Exactly. That. You know, with certain... You go back to things like uh, Tony Stark in Civil War, mm-hmm. where they do his de-aging process there, and that's only for a short period of time. Yeah, and it's decent, but it's not flawless. I even when it came out, I was just like, I still, it still felt a little too uncanny valley, and <laughs> even though it is like a hologram, so I gave it a pass there. Right, it's, it's a hologram, so it's not supposed to look like photorealistic per se. Um. It still just didn't look – it looked off. And, like, the strides that they've taken with the technology between that and, like, like Ant-Man and uh, the other ones. Oh, uh, Guardians 2. Yeah, with uh, – With uh, Kurt Russell. Yeah. Um, and then now Captain Marvel. Like, this was, like the, – there's one, there's one moment early on where Nick Fury is – um, he, he goes up to a car and he, like, leans into leans into the – to the window of the car and he says something to someone in the car and the like sunlight just hits his face in a certain, in a certain way. And the way it's lit just, it looks just incredibly (laughs) natural and realistic. And I was just like, in the back of my head, I was like, okay, they're just showing off. (laughs) That's that's just them just like being like, look at what we can do. Um, yeah, they're probably really going to need to have had that, uh, technology on point come end game. So, oh, yeah. given where people think that that storyline is going to lead, yeah, so. yeah, I I agree. We'll we'll talk about yeah. that in spoilers, but um, perhaps. Nah, uh, we'll, yeah. we'll just make this about Captain Marvel. Okay, okay, cool. Um, so yeah, so that was cool. Uh, as far as the action, I like the actual like action Captain Marvel action sequences. I thought I thought were fun. Um, I will, I will meet you halfway and say that it didn't really, they didn't floor me like the way that like the set pieces and like, uh, the winter soldier or civil war like floored me. Cause it's it, like, it just felt kind of standard comic book movie kind of thing. Yeah. It, um, nothing, nothing stood out for, yeah. for those action sequences to me. Right. So I, yeah. Plus it, it kind of, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in spoilers, but anyway, um, and to be perfectly honest, you know, with with a ca- character like t- Captain Marvel and knowing where sh- she comes from and the things that she does in the comic books, I could have done with a lot more uh, time in the actual space realm. Oh, yeah. And maybe they're trying to not be Guardians of the Galaxy of it, but that's sure. an entire universe to play mm-hmm. with, and you throw her on Earth, where yeah. every other marvel movie takes place but it's earth in the 90s though yeah i saw uh-huh, there's a blockbuster a security a guard. true lies is happening yeah. and pagers are things yeah 
Um, uh, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with the, with the 90s stuff. And the buddy cop stuff I thought was, was a lot of fun. Um, I, I, like, I, early on I was like, I want to see like a buddy comedy with Fury and Coulson. Like, like kind of a buddy comedy slash like Men in Black type of movie. I just think the stronger por- the portions 90s. of the movie were them dealing with, uh, more galactic uh, time frames or not even, you know, anytime that they're in more of an intergalactic realm, like they they may not be out in the middle of the galaxy in the third act, but they're still on a spaceship. Right. You know, you know, the first act I, I like being, seeing, uh, is it Hala? The Cree, uh, yeah, the Cree world so, that yeah. they're on. I, I like that. I liked her, uh, having her little stint with the, uh, intelligence. Mm-hmm. So I and then they put it on Earth and I just I felt like at that part it got bland for me. Like there were enjoyable moments. Like I enjoyed the chemistry between uh, Fury and uh, Carol, and I enjoyed the friendship with Carol and uh, Rambo. Yeah, but I don't know. I just felt like it was a drag in the middle of the movie to me. Sure, and that's interesting because I, I felt like it, it kind of it struggled a little bit to capture my attention in the beginning. Cause like there was a, they threw a lot of mythology and backstory. Yeah. Um, that's where I kind of struggled with it. But once I kind of latched onto that, I was, I was good to go. Um, but let's talk about more specifics and go into spoilers. Sounds Um, good. Yeah. So we're going to go into spoilers for captain Marvel and, uh, we're going to play a clip from the trailer. I thought you were going to play a downy commercial, downy laundry detergent commercial. Which I felt was misogynistic no, as well, no. which is why it's, I thought it was weird that not, you brought that up. It's not the, He's got no, a lot of weird ideas for this podcast, it's not, guys. She's, it's, it's not. It's representation matter. <laughs> um, so here's a clip from the trailer, and we're going to go into spoilers for Captain Marvel. So, scrolls are the bad guys. And you're a Kree, a race of noble warriors. Heroes. Noble warrior heroes. Okay. Um, uh, uh, the first thing... Oh, oh, okay. Uh, stupid, stupid joke. Um, yeah, so, so like, the world that she's in is Hala. And, uh, like, my question is, like, if she, if she goes... If she goes like back to Hala, would would you say she's a Hollaback girl? I don't know, but it really looked like a uh, city of Squala. Hala, city of Squala. That that was that was good. Thank you. That's good. Thank um, you. But yeah. <laughs> uh, where should we t- start with all of this? Um, we could go into the big uh, twist on the the bad guy because the you know the bad guy in the film yes. is are, are supposed to be the. Um, the scrolls. Scroll, the scrolls. Yeah. Yes, the shape shifting uh, alien race. The scrolls. Which I did. I did mention to Kirsten. I don't know if I mentioned it to her. I thought of it later, but I was like, maybe, maybe that wasn't Freckus. Maybe he was a scroll. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. Uh, so the the scrolls are built up at at the start of the movie as they're uh, the enemies of the Kree and right. they're actively trying to infest uh, different worlds within the the galaxy mm-hmm. and take take them over so yeah. they're, they're built up immediately is these are the bad guys of the film yeah. and legit in the comic books uh the scrolls are an evil race of beings okay like there's there's rarely a time where the scrolls are like on 
on the side of good. Mm-hmm. They're actively always trying to do that, always okay. trying to infiltrate. Mm-hmm. So that's, the, you know, that, that's a good basis. But it flips the script then by turning the scrolls into the sympathetic refugees and yeah. the Kree are now the uh, technically the bad guys. What did you think of that? Did I, I enjoyed. I no, I didn't really see that that coming. Only because I thought that uh, eventually they were going to try to do a uh, secret invasion storyline okay. from the comic books, where the scrolls uh, try to infiltrate uh, the superhero community and all forms of government with on planet earth to take over so i thought they were introducing the scrolls at that point which i still think is a possibility so mm-hmm. i did not see the scrolls being the sympath the sympathetic refugees okay. which i but i like that turn i thought it was a good good uh little change good little Me detour too. for the movie and i really thought it brought out ben Mendelssohn's character and I thought Ben Mendelsohn was one of the strongest parts of the movie. Oh, I thought me too. he was a lot of fun. He was great. Have you seen that? Um, have you seen that uh, picture that's been floating around? That's uh, the tweet goes something like, "I don't know if this was intentional, but and it shows a side by side of of him as as the scroll uh, sipping the sipping the drink, and then the the side the picture to the left is um, almost the exact same kind of." stance or whatever of uh, samuel L. jackson sipping the drink from pulp fiction no <laughs> well that's funny yeah um, <laughs> but yeah i i i really liked that that kind of surprise that turn because i i didn't see it coming and it was funny because kirsten had said um she was like yeah i <laughs> Uh, I figured that that was going to happen because like in like agents of shield and stuff like the Cree are the bad guys. Um, and like throughout, well, she's not wrong about that. Go ahead and mansplain to her. No, I, the only thing I would say is, uh, in the original guardians, the, the Ronan, Ronan. is, is a Cree, but he is a, uh, defected. Yeah. Uh, kind of a, uh, Basically, he thought the the, yeah. the Kree have gone too soft, and he's going to be yeah. the uh, the more bound to scripture type of Kree. Yeah. He's so, the, uh, militant. Yes, militant, like yeah. a militant Kree. So, like she she's not wrong about that. Um, yeah. But no, no, I didn't see it coming. Yeah, but. I didn't either, and it I felt kind of dumb because I was like, well. Well, of course, because I I just assumed throughout the whole movie, like, okay, Jude Law is going to be a bad guy. <laughs> like, it's it, like it's it's a given. Like, he's going to be the bad guy. I didn't realize that the like the depth of the bad guyness was going to be that you know that type of thing. I thought he was just going to be working alone, but I I really appreciated it. Um, yeah, it was a good turn. It was one of the more uh, more thought out parts of the movie to me. I thought yeah. it was one of the. I don't know. It was one of the higher points for me. Sure. And when that happened, um, and we kind of, it's the reveal that, uh, Jude Law's character has been, uh, like the, like was there on. Well, he was the cause of, uh, the death of her mentor and the reason that she can no longer remember what happened and the reason she has these powers. Yep. Uh, I turned to Kirsten and she, I, she said something like, uh, like, uh, like oh wow he he's actually a bad guy and I was like yeah I wonder if that's against that's against Jude Law <laughs> so, yeah ah nice um, yeah uh but no I liked I liked that um I I really liked the movie I I don't 
what I will, let's kind of backtrack a little bit and talk about the real star of the movie, Goose. Um, <laughs> so, I did enjoy quite a bit of Goose. I okay, so I had tweeted, I tweeted um, like a week or so ago, like a week before the movie, I tweeted and said, um, at, like I had retweeted something, something about Goose, and like I put like honestly, Goose is like forty percent. 40% of my anticipation for this movie is because I'm excited for Goose. Um, and then Mike, uh, had tweeted and said, like, uh, he does, he doesn't really get it. Like what, like why people are kind of excited about the cat. The cat. And he's like, and he, he, he's not a cat person. He kind of hates cats. Um, so yeah, that's, that's something we're working through. Yeah. Um, so, like, I had tweeted him and I was like, I was like, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of being hyperbolic. Like, like, obviously, like, if, if the cat factors into the main plot of the movie in any way, I'm probably going to roll my eyes. <laughs> Bullshit. And as soon as, like, the movie was happening, I was like, I am going to eat my words because I'm <laughs> loving every second of this. Um, so the Flurkin thing, like, first of all, I loved the comedy of the scrolls being freaked out by Goose. Um, and the, uh, the scroll using, uh, or no, it was the Kree that used the, oh, cr- that used the device that said Flurkin, highly dangerous. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, then the Sam, did the Samuel Jackson was like, not yeah. dangerous. Human, or, low to zero yeah, danger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or low to zero threat or something yeah. like that. Um, really great. Um, I, and like I said, that's, and that's, you're in the space portion of that. And I mm-hmm. think that's when the, the movie to me flourished. Yeah, totally. Um, oh my God. Sorry. Okay. I'm, I'm just, I'm just leaning into that. Holy shit. Um, and I loved every single second that Samuel L. Jackson had with Cat. Like, that was, <laughs> he was funny. Stole, stole the movie. With one exception. Um, yes. Two exceptions, I would say. I fucking hated that the cat is the reason that he oh. doesn't have an eye. Oh, okay. I thought that I was... thought you were going. I thought you were going completely different. Oh no. Um. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna save that for later, but we can talk about that now. Um. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's too stupid. So I, I am so on board with. It. I am not. It's too stupid to me. Yeah. He just, he gets scratched by the cat and he doesn't even seem to give a fuck. He's <laughs> like, oh, my eyes swollen shut. Oh, I guess I'm going to lose my eye. Well, I think the idea is that it gets worse because it's a flirt. I don't understand like, why it's getting worse, but he doesn't seem concerned that it's getting worse. But he's Nick Fury. He's yeah. Nicholas. <laughs> um, he, the, the, I thought that it was hilarious that they, that they did that. Like, first of all, throughout the movie, they, have like one or two times where like his his eye gets injured in some way, and it it reminded me of like um, hot tub time machine uh, with the arms, the bellboy, yeah, the, the bellboy, um, yeah. <laughs> and then when when uh, Goose scratches his eye at the end, I was like, are they really gonna do this? <laughs> like, I was not and, on board with that. And what I kind of I get that. I get that. I totally get that. But I kind of love that if you go back and I saw this pointed out on Reddit, but if you go back to the Winter Soldier, um, he has a line, I think, to um, 
uh, what's his name? Oh my god, Steve. Um, no, the bad guy. Are you talking about Robert Redford? Yeah, Robert Redford. Um, he <laughs> or no, no, he may, he may have been the captain. I don't know, but anyway, the line is he says something to whoever he's talking to in Winter Soldier, and he's, he's like, like, "Last time I trusted a man, I, I lost an eye." Yeah, and just the content, like the actual context of that now with this, like the retcon of that. It's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> uh, or it could have been he trusted a guy that was disguised as a squirrel. I don't. It, I I don't know. I was not on board he with the. Goose. Yeah, great he's a cat. <laughs> I I no. I and the more I think about it, the more irritated I am about that. That's fair. I just I'm not on board with that. That being the way that Nick Fury loses his eye. <laughs> I so am. But um, teach his own. Yeah. That and then uh, when they introduce the pager thing, uh, which we'll talk about the stingers in a bit, but um, I kind of like I made the joke and like obviously this was never going to happen, but I would like to see like a sketch or an outtake or something where um, it's revealed that the message that he's sending to her um, at the end of Infinity War is just protect Goose or something because <laughs> I really dug the bond of Goose and Fury. I thought that that was really good. Um, so, what I was gonna say when it, when you when I said that uh, it stole the stole the stole the movie, and you said with the exception of something else, I thought you were gonna say the Stan Lee cameos, um, cameos. Well, the opening thing. Oh, okay. So the op- opening title, yeah, uh, title entrance for the MCU. Yeah, that was fantastic. That I was loved very it. Very good. I I love that was it. Like gave me chills. Like throughout like as it was going yeah and then the actual cameo oh uh, the the cameo was fantastic i was so floored by that yeah um, the mall rats thing yeah. it was so good so perfect and did you see kevin smith's uh, yeah response? that that was yeah i love so, kevin smith and that's too. Yeah. full so circle for him yeah that, that was yeah. a great great cameo for yeah. for stanley i just ah it's and it's just so great because like it fits so well like, it does it's perfect but also on the other hand, it's like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not, I don't know if I'd say surprised, but I'm just like, Mallrats was not a well-received movie. Like it's, it's this like little, it's cult a cult movie. classic, but everyone, yeah. that's one of his first movie cameos. Mm-hmm. So that's true. That's true. Um, it's damn near a supporting one. And it's a good one too, because um, yeah. you know, the, he's, uh, Brody's asking him about the thing's dick or it <laughs> asks about the Hulk, does the Hulk's <laughs> And San Lee mm. makes a comment to uh, Brody's friends, like, I think your friend's a little obsessed with uh, superhero genitalia. Ah, it's probably just a phase. <laughs> nice. So, I mean, it's a good cameo. So I, I thought it was a good, great callback. Me too. I, I loved it. Um, so let's talk about the action sequences and stuff. Um, first of all, I, I love the needle drop of including No Doubt in it. Um, that was- would be the most fun action sequence in the mm-hmm. movie for me. I did enjoy that too. I thought it was fun, mm-hmm. fun, perfect song for that scenario. Yeah. But uh, after that though, I just did, I was not floored by any of the action sequences. Really? I thought that it, it lacked a lot of, a lot of strength, a lot mm-hmm. of, let just a lot of oomph, I guess is a, sure. is what I want to say. You, you think that it would have been better if, uh, if a man was doing all the, action God, stuff. so much better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, but uh, what'd you think of like the chase sequence uh, in the beginning of the movie? It was okay. Really? Oh, okay. 
I, I've I seen I've it. seen chase sequences better done in other movies that are very and, similar. And that's that's fair, but I, I don't know something about it. Just I think the '90s aesthetic and the setting. Just it, I think just a lot of her sequence or a lot of the sequences done in this movie, I thought were quite obviously borrowed from other films, like okay. the the chase sequence with the with the uh, rail car. Remind me too much of Spider-Man 2 uh, sequence between Doc Ock and Spider-Man uh, on the train. Sure. The yeah. when it, when Carol finally uh, gets control, full control of her powers, mm-hmm. it was Iron Man without a suit. Yeah. And hell, one of the sequences was almost a shot for shot Iron Man. Maybe it was an homage to the original Avengers, and maybe it was on purpose. But when she's flying towards up and shooting things with her blasting arms. Oh, yeah, and kind of spinning around. Yeah, that was almost shot for shot Avengers Iron Man. Maybe it was intentional, but to me it just seemed like they just took all of Iron Man's powers and gave to Carol and said, okay, there's your action sequence. I just don't think that these directors were very competent in original action sequences. Interesting. I didn't have any (laughs) problem with the action sequences or anything, but I'm... I'd be curious to revisit it uh, and see how I feel about it because I I thought it was done well, um, if done well if not if not um, kind of slightly above average for me because it, it didn't like you know um, I'll agree that it did seem kind of same as like the other yeah. ones. Um, uh, again, uh, bland comes to mind a lot when yeah. for me when describing this movie. Mm. Um, what did you think of the, um, well, I'll, okay. I'll break into that sentence that I just started. And you know what? The needle drop moment too mm-hmm. remind me a lot of kick ass with uh hit girl, like almost I, exactly yeah, like it. I guess. The big needle. They have that exact, ne- not the same mm-hmm. song, but the exact What's same the needle drop. I can't remember. I can't remember. Um, yeah. Oh, bad reputation. Is it? Okay. Yeah. But it, to me, it's almost the exact same scenario. I, I'll give you that. I, I still loved it. I, I still thought it was good. I, I enjoyed it. I thought yeah. it was one of the more memorable action sequences. But again, I just think they these yeah. directors plagiarized their action sequences. If, if anything, I think that the kind of derivative nature of it could uh, have a negative impact on repeat viewings. But in the moment, I was, I was digging it. Well, fair enough. Um, uh, there was a moment where, and I wish that Kirsten was on for this one because I wanted to talk to her about this specifically, but <clears throat> the scene with the motorcycle, um, where the guy's like, hey, do you have a smile for me or whatever? Uh, oh, you mean the Terminator 2 scene? When he steals clothes and steals a motorcycle? And- oh, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Wow. I did not put that... I did not make that connection. Huh. But anyway, the... <laughs> the line where he's like, do you got a smile for me? Like... I mean, I enjoyed that line, yeah, too. Yeah. I thought that was very appropriate, especially given the... The people was like, you oh, should not smile. Yeah. That's a ridiculous commentary on the whole right. thing. So I thought that was a good, you know, fuck yeah. you to that, but... um. You may have heard Kirsten, uh, because she like gasped. She's like, she's, like, Kirsten's a feminist and like she like gasped and like she was like so happy at that scene. <laughs> and I was like, that, that was, that was pretty awesome. 
Um, yeah, I lo- I liked that a lot. Um, yeah, I I don't really have like anything to refute your misogynistic uh, take <laughs> on it, but uh, yeah, because I can. I mean, I agree. Yeah, a lot of it is pretty derivative of other stuff, but. I don't know. For some reason, it still worked for me. Maybe it was just the excitement over Brie Larson because I'm a huge Brie Larson fan. And I'm a Brie Larson fan, mm-hmm. too. Uh, I don't know. I just I feel like that character is going to flourish a lot more in Endgame mm-hmm. because I trust the Russo brothers yeah. to competently make an action sequence worth watching. So do you think, and this is delving into more speculation than anything, but do you think that Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, is overpowered? No. Okay. Um, uh, she's not invulnerable. I don't think she's Superman invulnerable. And that's always been one of my biggest critiques of Superman is he's too invulnerable. Right. So, no, I, I think that she's arguably the most powerful uh, hero. Sure. But that doesn't mean she's unable to be defeated because she has been defeated before. Yeah. The, I I was having a conversation with Mike about this and he said that his concern, he didn't really like the movie that much. He said that his, Oh, so is he not misogynistic? (laughs) He just hated that. She was like, it was a woman. Like he was like, (laughs) it's called captain America, not America. Um, he did not really say that. I promise. But, um, he said that his concern is that, He's he's worried that they're going to bring her into Endgame as a Deus Ex Machina to kind of just destroy Thanos on her own. I think that is far too uh, easy of a cop out mm-hmm. for the Russo brothers. Like I That's honestly, much what I, told I, I think they're far too intelligent for something yeah. like that. Like I I have full faith in them, and I'm I'm I have confidence that they won't stoop to that. And I'm not even convinced that Thanos is going to be the main villain in Endgame. Oh, interesting. So I, okay. There's a reason why we're a month away from this movie yeah. and we have had one trailer that shows us nothing. I know, and I'm so happy about yes, that. Yes, I am I'm I tickled am about so, it. I am so pleased with that. My prediction, though, like I'll just go ahead and say it. My prediction for Endgame, and I don't like to speculate that much or like do anything, but I have a feeling, I can't even keep it straight, but <laughs> I have a feeling that Carol is going to go up to Thanos and then they're going to like be duking it out and stuff. And then suddenly it's going to be like, Oh, their mother's name is Martha. (laughs) (laughs) Or their, their mothers have the same first name. Oh no, no, no. Damn it. I should have, ah, I fumbled that. It's too late. Yeah, I know. Carol's going to be fighting Thanos and then Thanos is like, no, I gotta, don't, don't kill me. I have to get back to goose. (laughs) Um, Wait, your cat's name is goose. Uh... Anyway, anyway. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm happy you're so giddy about I, that. I'm, I'm so pleased with that. And I wish that I would have thought of it before I did my stupid, like, take on it. But anyway, um, yeah, uh, anything we haven't touched on that you want to uh, talk Annette about? Annette Benning, uh, like, I, I oh, liked, yeah. I liked her, uh, role in the film. I thought she was a lot of fun as the AI, uh, supreme mm-hmm. version of, uh, Marvel. Yeah. And I, I enjoy, I, I would actually like to see a lot more background between those two, uh, characters. Obviously, there's a lot of, 
uh, death between those two characters in, yeah. for the movie. I think it would have been cool to see a little bit more than that, but I get mm-hmm. why there wasn't. And I also like the take on her being a, a secret Cree trying to. Yeah. So I, I like come full circle with uh, the twist. I like that she was secretly trying to help these refugees and end this the war mm-hmm. between these two species. What did you think of just the refugees aspect of it? I think that was a, uh, that was a neat parallel between with current events. Uh-huh. And I don't know if it was meant for that, but it's. I I enjoy that kind of that that take on a bad guy, uh, a perceived bad guy, just being a you know refugees trying to find new mm-hmm. new place in the universe. Yeah. So I I was a fan of that. That's one of the the better aspects of the film for me. I agree. Yeah. I I, I really like that. It kind of uh gave an interesting kind of heart to the action and and the kind of third act action um stakes is what i wanted to say i also there's a there was a i don't know i don't know if i'd call it a throwaway line but there was a good little interaction between uh ben Mendelssohn's character and brie larson where she's come to the realization now that what's the truth behind the war and she mm-hmm. starts to make uh you know i you know i've done these things that i thought and ben middleson says this was a war you know every, there's blood on both on everybody's hands and i was like i i really like that kind of that him saying that because I, yeah. I i really think it ring, rings true especially throughout the whole mcu in general so i yeah. like I, I really enjoyed that that little discussion mm-hmm. between the two yeah uh same here um well, we're probably running a little bit low on time, yeah. and we should probably wrap it up. I do want to ask one thing, and this is more something I wish that they would have done, and I'm not aware that they have done to an extent, but I kind of wish, like you said, like you wanted to see more of the space stuff and, and Hala and everything. And I agree, yeah, like they, like we're at the point in the MCU where we're, we're being introduced to different storylines that have their own mythology like guardians of the galaxy there's so much there's a whole universe there um and i know that they've done some things like this like having like like one shot or offshoot things like with ant-man and stuff but like having like i wish that there were were an mcu like specific line of comic books that no yeah like i wish that that would have been Something that they did at the beginning, like started out like having like supplemental stuff just to have backstory for the characters. That's canon for the. Yeah, I'm, I'm. You wouldn't. You wouldn't want. It? No. Really? No. I. I. I like the separation between the MCU and comic books. Yeah. Yeah, I get. Th- I. I get that. Yeah. They're two different forms of storytelling, mm-hmm. and I know it's the same kind of same universe technically, but mm-hmm. I. I like them separate. You believe in the separate, separate <laughs> shit, the separation of uh, screen and page. <coughs> That's right. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. As as someone who doesn't read the comics though, like in general, like I'm, I don't dip my toes into the Marvel comics or anything. I just think it would be fun to have that be. And I get that. Thing. So yeah, it, at the least, I kind of wish that they still did the uh, Marvel one shot, like short film. Yes, I, I did enjoy those. Yeah. I I wish they'd bring those back too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Last you want to talk about the tag? Yo, yes. Okay, yeah. So Goose throws up the, <laughs> the Tesseract. Uh, but no, the mid the mid credit scene uh, where he's typing out the Protector um, initiative. Um, 
Oh wait, no, no, no. no I'm talking about the, the yeah. That's the end of the movie. Okay, yeah, the end game stuff. Yes, yeah, shit. Jesus. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. What'd you think of it? That was great. Yeah, I, 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 I was so, <laughs> and this goes back to me liking Captain Marvel as a character. Mm-hmm. I was excited to see her in this scene, mm-hmm. directed by the Russo brothers. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm sorry. I really think I'm gonna like more Captain Marvel directed by action competent mm-hmm. directors. I, I am so. I'm so excited to see her kind of be brought up to speed because I assume, well, I don't know if it's it's a good assumption, but I kind of wonder if she's not, she doesn't know what's going on. I'm sure she has almost zero idea what's what's going on on Earth. She yeah. might have an inkling as to Than- who Thanos is. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm, it'd be stupid for her not know who Thanos is. Right. Or have any idea about the Infinity Stones. I'm sure she's going to have... Uh, knowledge of that, but I'm sure she's got zero knowledge of basically the super the superhero boom on on Earth since she mm-hmm. left. But she's she's gonna know who Thanos is. She's gonna know a little bit about Infinity Stones. So yeah, and like my initial thought was like, oh, she's gonna she's just gonna come to Earth and like everyone's gonna be like, hey, yeah, half half of everyone's gone, man. <laughs> like we're in we're in dire straits here. But also, it's like okay. Half of half of everything and uh, half of every living being in the universe is gone. So like she's gonna know she's some gonna know events happened. happened. Yeah. yeah. But one thing that I really loved about that mid credit scene was that just the the absolute um uh not drop but the the complete tonal shift like when the uh, desperation yes the desperation the despair, there yeah like just the just the way that it's like, like they have no idea what this is but it's yeah. like jesus christ we have to do something yeah just the just the way that they delivered their lines like the russo brothers perfect directors yep uh because they like they get that kind of despair out of the actors um God, i'm so excited for endgame me too. Um, I can't wait for Goose to just come in and <laughs> save the day. That's the real like Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. Um sure. yeah, he's gonna come in and swallow the gauntlet. And uh that's it. Yep, that's that'll it. be it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Flurker to the rescue. Yeah. Uh so we are like what five weeks? Something uh probably about five and a half weeks now. Yeah. Away from, from endgame. Jesus Christ. And we've had one trailer. We have had well, technically well we've had thirty second teaser Super Bowl spot yeah. does not count as a trailer. Yeah. Um I'm so happy about that. I'm Me too. so happy about that. Uh God, that's so awesome. Yeah. So anyway, I'm I'm so I'm so pumped. Uh what do you think of the stinger at the oh, oh first was... of all before we do that, because I mean it's not it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> but what did you think of the ending where like it's like She's the reason it's called the event. Oh, I, I'm okay with that. that that's okay. I thought that was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Kind of fun. My brother didn't love it. He thought it was a little just hackneyed, but sure. Yeah, I, I thought it was all right. Okay. Nice. Didn't love it. Didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, all right, fair what enough. Did, what did Peter think of the eye thing? Oh, hated it. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of anything that Peter enjoyed about the movie. He oh, really? really did not enjoy it. Wow. Uh, I just I, I love it. <laughs> I yeah. Glad somebody did. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, the one thing that I hate about it, though, is that all of my negative reviews before it came out got wiped off. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. Goddamn Rotten Tomatoes. I know. God. <sighs> anyway, um, 
So that's our review of Captain Marvel. It was a lot of fun. One thing, I'm going to put her on the spot. Kirsten, uh, she, uh, she did not catch on to the Marvel Marvel thing. Oh, really? <laughs> like at all? Like, n- <laughs> like when <laughs> when she realized that, like when it's like revealed in the movie or whatever, like it comes together, she was like, "Oh, I was like, okay." <laughs> Is Mike gonna do uh, at all a little short oh, review of it? To. Because I'm curious what he thought. As I'll, well. I'll have to ask him to, and and we'll see. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll ask him to. Yeah. If not, I guess I I can get on Letterboxd and yeah. read his review. Yeah. Uh, my review. You could you could sign up. Yeah, for I could. Letterboxd yeah. And do that. Um. But yeah, my review of it on Letterboxd actually got like a lot of likes, like a lot more than usual. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> um. So yeah, we're running late. Forgo Puppery or quick one or. Um, I'll just real quick, I'll talk okay. about uh, Leaving Neverland. Okay, cool. So, Potpourri, we're going to do a lightning round Potpourri real quick. Uh, Potpourri is a section of the podcast where we talk about whatever we want, stuff we've looked forward to, we're looking forward to, or stuff we've seen lately. Anything we want, as long as it smells good. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just get us kicked off with a real quick one. Um, I've been rewatching The Shield um, on Hulu. Uh, me and Tiny are going to do a full series retrospective episode down the road. I just finished season six today. That show is incredible. Um, it's, uh, today's the se- the, the day of this recording is the 17 year anniversary of the pilot episode airing. Uh, I highly recommend everyone to go onto, uh, Hulu and watch the pilot episode of the shield. It is amazing. Um, and that show holds up so spectacularly well. I just today, um, uh, I, I honestly, I genuinely don't know if I made this joke to you off mic, Fekus, but, um, <laughs> I, uh, today I pulled the trigger. Yeah, no you did. Intended. I yes, did. Yes, you okay. did. Uh, exact wording to yeah. it. Uh, I pulled the trigger, no pun intended, on buying the Blu-ray set. So when I rewatch season seven, the last season, it is going to be on Blu-ray. So I'm so excited for that. Uh, yeah, that's my, that's my potpourri. The Shield is incredible. One of my top three favorite shows of all time. And, uh, well worth watching for great storytelling, really great performances, great writing, uh, and really good overarching storylines and stuff. Are you staring at me because you want me to watch it? No, I mean, I don't Cause, um, it's, it's, I, all, it's all, it's, you know. I'm not going to watch it. That's fine. Uh, what's your, what's your, uh, potpourri? Um, my potpourri is I just, um, well, not just. Last week I watched the, uh, two part controversial documentary, Leaving Neverland, which, uh, mm-hmm. is pretty much, it's a bit of a talking head documentary. Okay. Uh, interviewing, uh, two victims of, uh, the Michael Jackson child molestation ac- accusations mm-hmm. and their families. And it's two, two hour documentaries. And here, here's the thing. Um, I, I have for the longest believed Michael Jackson to have been a child predator. Right. I have, uh, since, you know, probably the days of the accusations, mm-hmm. um, coming into this, uh, documentary, I, I was, first of all, I was enormously curious uh, because of the buzz that was getting, uh, coming out of Sundance. Mm-hmm. And of course, because of the Michael Jackson, uh, 
uh, what's more like for the family, I guess, but sure. uh, a state that was very anti this documentary, and I expect it to be. I yeah. I don't expect the uh, Michael Jackson estate to come out and be like, well, you know, uh, these guys kind of make a good point. I I expect right. them to fight the, all this tooth and nail. Uh, and I know there's some controversy at controversy controversy Jesus <laughs> as to uh, these two particular victims. Mm-hmm. But after watching these uh, two documentaries, first of all, a lot of it's hard to listen to oh, because yeah. they go into detail. Um, I don't know how anyone couldn't be convinced. Really? Um, if anyone has ever studied anything about uh, child predators, child molesters, mm-hmm. uh, what Michael does is very – is textbook uh, grooming. Wow. Uh the things that he does and says to them and they are extremely descriptive, Mm -hmm. not only descriptive, but what they say is very much mirrored between one another's stories. And not only that, also the stories of the other accusers that came out that were settled out of court. So I just, it's, it's engaging for that reason. It's hard to, like I said, it's hard to listen to, but it it's hard for me to ha- believe that anyone walk away from these documentaries not not at least questioning. Maybe right. he was a child predator. I mean, me personally, I, there's no doubt in my mm. mind after all this, but like it's it's all textbook behavior huh. from a child predator. Is it just talking heads and just like? Is it just the kind of lining up of each statement from each each victim, like the way that lines up, or do they have like any kind of like footage or? They audio they have the footage and audio stuff uh, okay. from the time period. Footage of Michael with these kids. What's really disturbing is voicemails, or I guess yeah, not voicemails, but answering machine mm-hmm. mess- messages left by Michael and these kids' answering machines, and it's disturbing. Like the, some of the huh. things that he leaves on these messages, and one of the kids he fax faxes like on a daily basis with some horrific notes that they still have, and they show in the documentary. And it's just Jesus, how does anyone contest this yeah. at this point? And it's it's disturbing. Oh. And I, what makes me most sad about all this is. I think there's a large por- portion of the population that'll never be able to look past Michael Jackson Jackson as a pop icon yeah. to see him for what he was. And there's still going to be people that will enthusiastically listen to his music, defend mm-hmm. Michael, spend money on his stuff, go see his show out in Vegas. Me personally, I won't if a Michael Jackson song comes on the radio, I change the channel. Mm-hmm. I just cannot give any support to a pedophile right and that's that's me personally you know people disagree with me and will fight me uh head on about it but that's that's fine that's their opinion that's their prerogative i just there's no doubt in my mind after watching this that that man was a monster wow that's also why you left the catholic church (laughs) 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 uh i'm 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 really eager to watch the documentaries or the two part documentary. Um, but I'm, I just, I, it's, I just feel like I'm, I need to kind of mentally prepare myself for it because it sounds like it's going to be kind of a tough watch. It's a tough watch. Yeah. It's because it's, 
nobody wants to listen to somebody describe right. pedophilia. Yeah. And that's what this is. I mean, they Jeez. they go into detail on the manners of which he would have elaborate systems set up to not get caught. Jesus. Like, Neverland Ranch was a fucking torture chamber of pedophilia. And that's wow. That's nuts. I can't say this enough. The parents have to share blame on Mm. this. Who lets their child sleep in the same bed as another, as a grown man Mm. while you're not even staying in the same fucking house? Yeah. I, I don't, I can't fathom that at all. Like it's, it's insane. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, that's so, uh, I'm even more anxious to watch the documentary now because I, I think just in my, my perception of all of it, because I've, I mean, I've, I've, I know the allegations and everything and I know, um, the story to an extent, but my perception of it has always been that he was not cognizant of his behavior, that he was just like, Oh, that's in a thing. First of all, I, I've never, even before mm-hmm. listening to the victims describe that, I, I never believed that, nor would I give any credence to that. Yeah. No sane human being thinks it's okay to molest children. Right. Even pedophiles know what they are doing is against, at the very least, against culture, cu- cultural norms. Right. Right. So, no, the, that, he didn't know what he was doing. That, that doesn't fly with me, okay. especially not with uh, acts of uh, sexual crime. Right. Especially. So, mm-hmm. but if that was your inkling, it's going to change once you yeah. watch this. Like to, to kind of clarify that I'm not, I'm not saying like, okay, he wasn't cognizant of his behavior being bad in terms of like, <laughs> Oh, molesting children is bad. More like to the whole, like, Oh, inviting children over. And then like, like the, the kind of defense that was brought out, like the, like my understanding of, of his defense and in, in the trials and everything or whatever was that, Oh, it, nothing inappropriate happened. He was just, he was just a kid. Like he, he's just like a, he is like a kid who wants to spend time with kids. Um, that's my, that's my perception of the defense of his, uh, yeah, that's the, the defenses they make. Um, yeah. <clears throat> watch the documentary. There, yeah. There's so much that is just, mind-blowing okay almost to almost to me as bad as uh abducted in plain sight oh i still haven't seen that another Um, mind-blowing but yeah topic for another day yeah uh i'm gonna have a fun (laughs) fun time watching some stuff i'm gonna watch uh abducted in plain sight leaving neverland (laughs) probably i don't know (laughs) yeah watch that r kelly documentary afterwards r kelly there you go I was gonna say, I was gonna say like watch some old Michael Vick videos. <laughs> Round it um, out with Hotel Rwanda. Exactly. Oh God. Um yeah, so I think that about does it for this episode of the Obsessive Viewer. Um Leaving Neverland is currently on uh HBO Go, HBO Now and everything. Um so yeah, check that out there. Um also check out the tale also on HBO. Have you watched the tale? It's on my list. Okay. It's on um, my list. If you want a really good movie about sexual trauma and uh, molestation and everything. And boy, who doesn't? Right? Great companion to Leaving Neverland. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. Uh, so, yeah, so that's our episode. Next time we are going to have me and Tiny doing a letterbox potpourri slash extended potpourri slash 
moving my couch out so I can get a new one. Um, and uh, yeah, again, check out Anthology, my solo podcast at anthologypod.com, and check out Tower Junkies at towerjunkiespod.com, where we just finished reviewing season one of Castle Rock. And uh, Castle Rock! <laughs> dumbest thing i've ever done uh yeah so check that out and uh yeah any parting thoughts um if you want to debate me on michael jackson you know where to find me nice nice and if you want to debate me on me telling feckus to put carol denvers in her place <laughs> you know where to find me um I, i'm not a um okay thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next time bye And now, here's a short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. What do you think of, uh, what do you think, how do you think pizza would fare in a Jurassic Park? And follow-up question, how do you think Neville would fare? Both would do terrible. They would be fodder for, uh, Velociraptor-type, uh, Dinosaurs. Have you seen how cute pizza is? Uh, do you know how well the mammals did during the the dinosaur eras? Well, not well. Yeah, well, not well. M- mammals did not flourish until they died. So, the Obsessive Viewer podcast is edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. For a full archive of our episodes, go to ObsessiveViewer.com/slash/ov/archive. You can also like our Facebook page and join the OV Facebook group at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer and follow us on Twitter at obsessive viewer and at obsessive tiny and follow our recurring co-hosts at I am Mike white. That's me at R a Fekis and at burger underscore lurker. If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do and all it costs is a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate, or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our Public store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at tpublic.com, T-E-E, public.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out shocktoberinirvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to obsessiveviewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com and on Twitter at OVAnthologyPod. You can also find Tower Junkies, a podcast where Matt and Tiny share their love of all things Stephen King and his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series, at TowerJunkiesPod.com and at TowerJunkiesPod on Twitter. And finally, 
Check out The Secular Perspective, Tiny's side project podcast, which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda at thesecularperspective.com. The theme music for The Obsessive Viewer comes courtesy of the band Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at facebook.com slash asgoodasitgetsband. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Kitty! You're the cutest little thing. Aren't you cute? And what's your name, huh? Gary. What's you? I'll be back.